1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
2: With uh, with all the speculation over Aaron over the off season, are, are you and Kyle on speaking terms? Yeah, Kyle is a great friend of mine. Um, and so, like, I haven't talked to him in a while. It's just part of the business. He started... You
0: start, uh, you kind of get in your own routine, and but yeah, absolutely. I, I, I hold no ill will towards them. Uh, well yeah, I thought it'd be a quick
2: no, um, which is was exactly what I thought it would be. Um, but you hear enough stuff, and I think everyone knew what was going on at that time. That um, it didn't seem like it was worth the call. But I know how we would have felt if it was going to happen. That we didn't call. So you call and you get a quick answer, which what you're expecting. And, and
0: no, I mean it is what it is. Like I understand, like he's trying to do whatever he thinks he needs to do for his football team. I mean he's got a responsibility to everybody in that organization, and if there's an opportunity, so I don't, I don't hold that against him. So, uh, but yeah, that, that has that will have no effect on our relationship.
1: I make this next comment fully acknowledging that I have asked plenty. ...of dumb questions. I will ask more dumb questions. I ask questions so dumb that I'm aware of them as I'm asking them, and I'm cringing as I'm asking them, but I can't get off the horse at that point. I say all that because it was kind of a dumb question to Matt LaFleur, like, are you guys on speaking terms because Aaron Rodgers was potentially a guy that the 49ers wanted to trade for, and they called you about it. This is a a sport comprised of adults. This is how business is done. The 49ers had a legitimate reason to think that maybe Aaron Rodgers was available, so they make the phone call. Why in the world would Matt LaFleur have any ill will toward Kyle Shanahan or anyone else who dared to make the phone call to see whether or not there was reason to have a conversation that could result in a trade of Aaron Rodgers? That's not It's not like he went over and, you know, I, I'm not gonna, you know, I, I could come up with all sorts of colorful things that that Kyle Shanahan could have done on Matt Lafleur's front porch. It's not like he did something like that, right? They just did what teams do. They make calls all the time. Yes, phone calls get made when, when a question like that is asked. It demonstrates to me the level of naivete when it comes to the fact that calls are made all the time. We'll see reports all oh, getting phone calls about the first pick in the draft, all oh, are getting phone calls about this guy. Yeah, they they call each other all the time. Everyone wants to know what the universe of potential transactions is, and there's only one way to find out: Is your guy in play? Is he not in play? That's all it was. And the, and Kyle Shanahan suspected it was going to be a short conversation. He was right.
3: Yeah, exactly right. I mean, this it's it's not personal. Like this is like you know Sonny and Godfather, right? I mean, it's not. You're personal. You're not trying to this steal business. someone's girlfriend. Yeah.
1: you're not trying to steal a girlfriend here. It's business. This is. A property, a piece of property, an exactly. asset that a team has, right. and they trade them all the time. Right. Is this one of the ones you're willing to trade? It's that simple.
3: Yeah, and exactly. I mean, it's not like, what, what do you think? Like Shanahan and John Lynch were like living under a rock all offseason? Everybody <laughs> knew that like there was some like issues there in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. So, yeah, of course you make that call. You can't fault that. And, and like, you know, both of them, they are great friends. I know that. You know, I mean, Matt's younger brother, Mike, he just left there to go with solid of the New York Jets. I mean, I I don't think there's a bond there that's going to ever be broken that way between that, you know, Shanahan and the LaFleurs. I think there's great respect in what they do for each other there. And yeah, Shanahan, you know, makes that call. It's Aaron freaking Rodgers. Of course he make that call. Let alone, like, you got to remember and maybe put yourself in Shanahan's shoes. Like, I think... You know, the, the Rams and Detroit kept that Stafford thing so quiet that nobody wanted to be burned by that either because, like, I think a lot of people got caught by surprise. Like, what? He's available? Oh, my gosh. And, whoa, like, part of the deal's almost done with the Rams and that? And, uh, you know, we heard the rumors of Shanahan and company being involved in those conversations, but I think it was a little too far down the road, so he didn't want to get burned that way again. And uh, I don't fault him at all for making that call. It's the right thing to do.
1: And lost in this conversation, the mere fact that the 49ers don't make that call out of curiosity. This isn't like calling the dealership to see how much the new car in the front window costs. You're serious about making the purchase. Right. This isn't just, it's the day before the draft. And and here's what it underscores for me. It underscores the degree of dysfunction prevailed within the 49ers organization as to what the hell we're going to do with the third overall pick. Do we go Mac Jones? Do we go Trey Lance? Or do we just say, screw it and try to get Aaron Rodgers? Hey, you know what? Maybe that's our answer. Maybe that's our path. Maybe that's what we should do. Let's call up the Packers and see if they'd be willing to do it. You don't make that call. If you're not serious about trying to get the guy, which means they would have thrown overboard. The Mac Jones, Trey Lance conversation Completely, if they could have gotten Aaron Rodgers for a price that they deemed reasonable, Chris. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with
3: that. You know, I, I believe at that point that Shanahan was probably set on Trey Lance. If it was, then the, why make the call? Well, then why make the call? Because the like, day before the draft, I know. But so let's just talk it out. You know, I don't, I don't know. But like, let's just talk it out. Like, I mean, again, do you take Trey Lance, who you like a lot, right? And, you know, maybe you know he's raw, but yeah, I like his talent and he could be our guy for the foreseeable future as the franchise guy. Or do you go back to like what we were talking about with Tua and the Dolphins and Watson and go, wait, yep. this guy is a Hall of Famer and I know exactly what he is. And yeah, we're not going to have him for 10 years, but I think I can have him for maybe four or five more years. And that's where you do. That's where you do it, or at least think about it. And that, to me, if I put myself in Shanahan's shoes,
1: is that that makes logic at least. I don't know. Does that to you or, as well? No, it makes it makes perfect yeah. sense. Here's the problem: by the time you get to the day before the draft, and you've already given up the 12th overall pick, next year's first round pick, the following year's first round pick, you have a different kind of ammunition you're offering to the Packers, and it's very. Possible, and I'm not saying this happened. I have no idea, and it's entirely possible that they immediately hung up, although I've heard some versions of the story where, you know, it, it wasn't quite slam the phone down. Uh, maybe the Packers would have rather had 12 and two fu- future ones than the third overall pick, because maybe the Packers, you know, if you're going to go on to Jordan Love, why do you need the third overall pick? What are you going to do with the third overall pick if Jordan Love is the guy you want to try out? You don't want Jimmy Garoppolo. You've got Jordan Love. Maybe you also don't want the third overall pick. Maybe you would have been better off with 12 and two future ones, because at 12, you can get a defensive player. Or somebody else, because if we turn the page on Aaron Rodgers, we're going with Jordan Love. Yeah. We don't need Trey Lance or Mac Jones or Justin Fields, and we don't want to have to screw around with trying to trade out of the three spot. You're dropping this thing in our laps sure. the day before the draft like a yeah. hot potato. Right. What the hell are we going to do with the third overall pick? Because yeah. we're not going to take a quarterback. It's a, we haven't it's even done the point. work. Right. We haven't even done the work on which quarterback we'd want.
3: Yeah, it's a valid point. It is. I mean, maybe that's where you know, you just Kyle Pitts becomes the third pick of the draft. Or maybe maybe they maybe they trade down, you know. Maybe they do. They get that third pick, and then they, you know. But, but you're right; it's still the right to day before 50. the draft, and you don't have a lot of time to figure out these things. So that 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 plays a factor in it as well.
1: One of the most important aspects of holding one of those high picks and trading down is doing the work on the guy, so you can know how to value him yeah, and have sure. a, an intelligent no conversation with another team. You, I, I suspect the Packers of everything else they had to do between January and April, they did not do full workups on Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. He said, why would you do it? There's no reason to do it. All right. um, let's, Let's do this very briefly. We talked about it last night on PFTPM. Miles Simmons and I addressed it. Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee's show had some pretty strong comments about the media. I thought he went too far. Maybe he did too because he clarified what he was trying to say on Tuesday at his midweek press conference. Here he is.
2: Look, I, d- I do want to maybe rephrase or refocus what I what I said. Um, I strongly believe in everybody's ability to have an opinion, and I respect the fact that they have an opinion and should have an opinion. My issue is a platform given to individuals who only desire to say inflammatory things that are not based in fact, right? So so personally, I, I think I would be a little sensitive to people questioning my commitment to this team. Said it from the start, if I wasn't 100% committed to the squad and my team, then I wouldn't have come back. Now, maybe people thought that was you know, some sort of cliche line or um, obligatory statement, but it was the truth, but to use statements like that or things I did in the offseason or or my own mental uh, status that I actually explained many times in this room or in this forum uh, as the basis for statements around me not caring or not being invested with my team uh, is not rooted in fact, it's not correct. And uh, I do enjoy the opportunity to correct uh, misinformation like that.
1: Now, see, there's an important difference, Chris, between fact and opinion and circumstantial fact and direct obvious fact. The point I made last night, if someone was reporting, if someone had some hot take that Aaron Rodgers walked up to Brian Gutekunst and punched him in the stomach and it was demonstrably false, then you got a problem. You're in the realm of untrue and defamatory fact. But The opinions that were expressed in the aftermath of week one were based on fact. They were based on circumstantial fact. They were based on the fact that Aaron Rodgers was completely disengaged from the Green Bay Packers from the end of the 2020 season until training camp. No appearance at the offseason program. No workouts with his receivers. He was completely and totally disengaged. He said himself... He didn't decide to come back until the weekend before yeah, training camp right. opened, and he was 50-50, 50-50 going into that weekend. Now, maybe he's trying to build a little mystery. Maybe he's got some other agenda, but if we're going to take his words yeah. at face value, he went from 50-50 to 100 in just a few days. Th- th- my, my point is this. Yeah. There's a difference between not liking the facts that someone are asserting and not liking the opinions they reach based upon facts that are indisput- indisputable, yeah. not in dispute. There are some undisputed facts here that lead to opinions, and he doesn't like those opinions. Well, that doesn't make them factually incorrect. Right. You may disagree with the opinion, but the opinion is rooted in fact. It's just rooted in fact he'd rather us not pay attention to. Yeah, well, I I hear you
3: there. Like, first off, I want to say I respect this is why I like Aaron Rodgers in a lot of ways. That, that he does address these things. He doesn't give you some, you know, bullcrap answer. Now, where I think it's wrong just a little bit, and like you're right, like the optics of the situation certainly can lead to people having the, the opinions that we heard. A hundred percent. Where I think it goes wrong and where he was wrong was the fact of, like, what you just said, the 50-50 retire thing. You know, that's where it is. And I think maybe where he could have phrased it differently but probably didn't want to, right, is because, like, well, listen, I don't think he was, like, not doing anything offseason – He's always comes into camp in shape, ready to throw. He's never got like, oh, tendinitis in his elbow because he hasn't done anything or he's off target. He does all of those things. He kept in contact with a lot of his teammates on the team. Yeah, he didn't go to practice. I think where he could have said is gone. You know what? I was 50-50, not because I was not committed to the team and the players and the coaches, but there's two jerks here that I don't like and I don't want to be a part of them. That's that's where he could have been different, I think, and then the optics would have changed. I think that's where it gets a little skewed, at least in at least from my view, and 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 you know, yeah. I don't know if I'm right or not.
1: My, my point is this: the facts that played out, especially from the day of the draft when it all exploded, his strategy for dealing with it for not dealing with it for not talking about it for saying what he said when he said it everything from then until the start of training camp and including the press conference he gave at the start of training camp it justifies an opinion sure that yeah maybe he's not all in that doesn't mean it's factually incorrect he may disagree with it uh but but th- there's a difference between expressing an opinion that is rooted in some circumstantial fact and just popping off with some untrue fact and making it into a story that that's a very subtle thing and and he kind of glossed over that but uh, I think the bottom line is he just doesn't like being criticized none of us like being criticized sure. but but you ignore it and you move on and you understand the criticism goes with the territory and that's what he would be very well advised to do. I would be well advised to move along with more of the show. Otherwise, we're going to run out of time. Thursday Night Football prop bets when we continue right after this. Oh,
3: Aaron Rodgers, you're still the greatest I've ever seen.
0: Simsisms. isms
3: like, man, this is stupid. Man, this is causing Chaffage down there. Man, it makes it a little harder to move down there. Now, Chaffage is
1: not a word. Okay. It is on Urban Dictionary, okay. but it's not on any other dictionary. I've just checked. Right. We wanted to get a quick ruling on whether or not it's a Simsism <laughs> or an accidental scholar. Okay. Chaffage, not a word. Right,
0: Simsism.
1: Oh yes, Chaffage. I don't know that I would spell it with an I in the middle. I think I would go with an A if it were a word, but it's not. So you can spell it however you want.
3: Does that really classify Um, as a Simsism though? Because it is a real term or word that gets used, I guess, right? I mean,
1: by people who choose to use words that aren't words. (laughs) Yes, you're right. It is a real word that is used by people who use words that aren't real words. Yes. Yes. Okay, good. Yes. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the, the thing that drives me crazy, but I guess this is the way that our lexicon develops over the years, if there is a word that isn't a real word that gets used enough, yeah. eventually it becomes a real word. It forces its way into the dictionary like irregardless. Yes. has made its way into the dictionary, right. That, that one is, which is yeah. just infuriating. Yes. So anyway. Yes. All right. Uh, here's what's not infuriating. Some information on some prop bets for tonight, to the extent that those props are available in jurisdictions where these activities are now no longer frowned upon. Sam Darnold passing yards for the Carolina Panthers over under What do you got? I'm going to go over
3: here. You know, I don't know if it's going to be like a ton over, but I am. You know, I I think there's two things that jump out to me. You know, it's a sound defense from the Houston Texans, but we saw Trevor Lawrence and Baker Mayfield, you know, certainly make some plays against them. They don't have a great pass rush. You know, it's a lot of zone coverages, and I just think that bodes well for Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator who runs that um, uh, Sean Payton system. And then, you know, with Sam Darnold, the weapons, I'm going to go over there.
1: Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go over as well. And I, I think that uh, – I I just think that this is a great opportunity for Sam Darnold to have a coming-out party with the Panthers. Yeah. And to exercise the demons of primetime games from the past, including the very – notorious moment when he was seeing ghosts on a Monday night against the New England Patriots. This is a great chance for him to really reset his career, reintroduce himself to the national landscape because, like the Texans, we're not going to see a lot of Panthers games in primetime this year unless and until they force their way into Sunday Night Football via the Flex. Davis Mills in his NFL debut as a starting quarterback. 216.5 yards over under passing. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to go Mm, this one's a tough one because 216's
3: not a lot this day and age in the NFL to where I mean you know I, I, man I'm gonna go I'm gonna go over but not by much you know I'm gonna pick over just because you know, I think they got enough weapons there. I could also see maybe Carolina kind of up by 10, 14 maybe later in the game to where now he gets some cheap stats. I guess that's where I go over, and you know, I like I said, I think it'll be like maybe two thirty-five somewhere in that range.
1: Yeah, it's a tough I, one. And, I don't know. Well, but but it is the kind of a situation where the Panthers could build a lead, and then it's just cut it loose. Just, yes, right. You know, right. The problem is, you, even when he goes to cut it loose, that's that's when he gets into pin the year's back territory, and exactly. it's open season on Davis Mills. I know. And before you know it, maybe we see Jeff Driscoll on the field. Christian McCaffrey rushing yards over under eighty-two point five.
3: Man, that's another tough one. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over here as well. I am, but uh, not by a huge margin. I think McCaffrey really is gonna have a big night catching the ball out of the backfield. That's where I think he's gonna really cause problems for this football team. So that's where I'm a little torn in, in that department. Uh, I could see McCaffrey having 100 yards receiving. All right, no, I'm gonna change and go under here. I am. I'm gonna go under because I think they're gonna pass the ball all over this this Houston defense. That's what I think's gonna happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you give me 150 over under total yards for McCaffrey, I feel good about saying over, but if, to, to try to pigeonhole it one way or the other on rushing or passing, I don't know. I'm with you. I'll tend to go under, although I think he's going to account for a large a lot of chunk yards, of the right, offense. Right. A lot of it's going to come from catching the ball. Total points... Over under is 43 with the Panthers at 26 and a half and the Texans at 16 and a half. Let's just focus on the total over under of 43. What do you think? I'll go over, but again, I'm not feeling like it's like a
3: juggernaut there. You know, I I, I just think the Panthers are too talented on offense. You know, and I think Houston's got enough of a scheme and players to where yeah I, I i'm gonna i think that's a little too low forty three not to say I think it's going to be fifty five or anything like that, but I could see like forty seven total points I could see 30-17
1: in this game for sure. One thing I've noticed this year, and this may be more anecdotal than anything else, but it's just kind of a weird trend where it seems like a lot of games take a while to get going from a point standpoint, like the first half, it's like seven to three yeah. late in the first half. Right. And then all of a sudden, something, something, like the, the Washington-New York game yeah, last and Thursday it just explodes. night. And it just explodes. Yeah, Fourth quarter, it explodes. Um, so I'll go over for that reason. I have a feeling we're going to have something like that where it's like 10-6 at the half, and the next thing you know, it's 34-31. I wouldn't um, be shocked. All right. Let's take a break. We're going to do our weekly draft of the... <laughs> matchups to come in week three we'll do that when pft live continues right after this If there's one play that sums up the New York Jets, this one has to be it. This Patriot's winning off the edge. This Jets lineman is probably holding. There's a Patriot charging up the middle at Zach with no blocking at all. This Jets dude is being pancaked on the ground. We have these two idiots staring at each other like, yo, what are we doing? I don't know. Let's just stand here. We have 78 touching his own lineman. On top of that, we have two receivers with zero separation, and the cherry on top has to be Zach Wilson throwing this pick. And Corey Davis has no hops. Is that the yeah. Philip Sims scouting service? Yeah, That's pretty good.
3: Right. That was really good. good. It really
1: was. Yeah. yeah well done.
3: And uh, yeah, he made a lot of good points there for sure. You know, watching that game back. By the way. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just watching that
3: game back though. You know, th- th- again, I know Jack Wilson didn't play. didn't play great. We know that. But I think there's still a lot of positives there for the Jets. You know, me, he was making mistakes and it was still 10 to three, 13 to three. You know, there's a lot of things to like about what they're doing, and Zach Wilson still looks the part. He just is a rookie and made some dumb rookie
1: mistakes. He'll learn from it, and they'll be better. And he was going against Bill Belichick. Exactly, which has something to do. With yes. It. Point I was going to make. NFL says that the plan is for the All 22 film to return to the Game Pass feature tomorrow. Friday. So many people are asking me about it because I made the mistake of reporting on its absence and trying to find out when it's going to come back. And they said it's going to be back late week one, early week two. Hasn't been back. Here we are closing in on week three. Friday is the plan. And hopefully it happens because I got enough emails to deal with. Well, instead of more emails saying, where's all 22? Well, yeah. Are they going to refund me for the hundred dollars I'm paying?
3: Because that's why I'm paying for it. I mean that's kind of annoying. Wait a minute, isn't it that? Are you are you
1: are you didn't get the code? No, I don't you have didn't the get a code. code. I don't. I, I I've, I've you know what? You I've know been what? paying if for it. If you opened it. your email, right? If you opened your email, you would have seen. That you get a well, it's one of those things that I had like a long time ago, and I just I
3: think it just re-ups through my wife's e- email, and she says yes. But, yeah, I like to use that service, and I, I just think that's screwed up. I really do. I don't
1: know what yeah. else to say. Another reason to check your email more than once a month because there, <laughs> get there is a code in there that you could be using. All right, today's matchup draft for week three. Any matchups, wherever you want to go. Chris, you got the first pick. Okay, well, I'm
3: going to go to our
1: Sunday night football
3: game. You know, and where I really want to go, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things there. But to to me, this is a game where if the Packers want to win the football game, they're not going to run the ball great on the 49ers. That's not going to happen. You're not going to get a lot of throws down the middle of the field. You know, you're not going to be able to like play action, get people over the middle. 49ers cloud it. It's going to have to be about Rodgers and his weapons versus the corners of the 49ers. If you want to beat the 49ers right now, that's an issue with their football team, and you you can throw the ball outside the numbers on them. Are they willing to do that? So many coaches and teams aren't always willing to do that. Oh, wait, uh, you know, I'd rather have a cool play in the middle of the field. Well, how come sometimes you just got a guy that throws 100-mile-per-hour fastball and you just beat that guy because he's better? And that's one thing that I'll just be interested to see if they do it. They did it a little last year, but we know the 49ers weren't at full strength, and see if Rodgers and company can maybe take advantage of that.
1: I uh, I agree with you, and uh, that's one of the great games of the week, and we learn a lot from the Packers based upon that one. I'm going to go to a sneaky good game on Sunday. Patriots and Saints Ooh. getting together in Foxborough. Yeah. Bill Belichick versus Jameis Winston, and... Belichick has faced Winston one other time. Winston was 26-46 for with 334 yards and a touchdown in a 19-14 Patriots win over the Bucks in Tampa in October of 2017. So it's not like Belichick had him all twisted up. It was year three for Jameis Winston, but now we have him in this new offense and Sean Payton trying to find that sweet spot between what we saw in week one, what we saw in week two, pushing more toward week one. Just going to be very curious to see what kind of roadblocks, what kind of hurdles, what kind of challenges Belichick throws at Winston to try to make him look like the guy that he looked like in Week 2. And yeah. The formula was simple. Shut down the run. Get him off his mark. Can Belichick do that? Can he confuse Winston and get him to make the mistakes? That's going to be, I think, one of the more intriguing matchups of the week. Oh,
3: I agreed. I, I can't wait to, to see that football game unfold. You, you kind of laid it out there, and yeah. You know, the the Saints have wanted to run the football first, and uh, they haven't let, like, Jameis Winston just go. You know, even the first game, and he threw threw the five touchdowns, but it was only, like, 140 yards he threw for, right? So, yeah, there's a lot to watch for in certain matchups in that football game and uh, agree with you there. I'm I'm interested to see how that plays out, too. Um, I think my next one, I'm going to go Aaron Donald – Versus the Bucks O-line. You know, it's hard to pick up one matchup because Aaron Donald moves everywhere, right? But really, my broader point is, we haven't seen anybody even get close to Tom Brady yet this year. Nobody's gotten close. And how, how can the Rams do that? Can Aaron Donalds and Leonard Floyd get there, win their matchups? Or does Raheem Morris have to, like, compromise himself and blitz? And 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 do creative stuff like that. Now he's going to understand the offense coming from Atlanta. And last year when he took over, I mean that Atlanta defense did a pretty good job, especially in the first matchup against the Bucks. But that's something I look at because man, you just you're not going to beat the Bucks if you can't get around Brady. You're not. He's he's going to dice you up, and you know they'll be able to run the ball, and it just they they pick their poison and how they want to just kick your butt
1: next one for me and i agree with you and whether to what extent tom brady can avoid aaron donald the pressure up the middle that's been the formula that's been the blueprint for years brady can deal with the pressure around the edges he skips he hops he slides when it's coming right at him from the interior defensive line that's when he can get rattled he starts looking down at the rush loses sight of the receivers and there's only so much he can do at that point the duck and cover may not even save him from aaron donald i'm gonna go Tyler Lockett, the Seahawks receiver against the Vikings' suspect cornerbacks because Lockett has been awesome this year getting deep touchdown passes in each of the first two games, and the Vikings have been giving them up, whether it's letting Rondell Moore run free uncovered, whether it's Jamar Chase sprinting by Bashad Breeland. The Vikings' corners. Last year the excuse was they're too young. This year the excuse may be they're too old. They're not getting it done, and Tyler Lockett is getting it done. That's going to and that's having me as we get ready to do the Mega Picks podcast yeah, later you. this morning. That's have that's scaring me on this possibility the Vikings getting to one and two with a win at home. They're going to have to deal with Tyler Lockett and I'm not sure they can, Chris.
3: Yeah, no, I think it's a valid point. And I mean the the Seahawks, you know what we've seen so far, they got a few plays every game to just, you know, bombs away and go after it that way. So that will be. You know, if you can take that away, which is a big if, the Seahawks have a hard time kind of putting drives together. I mean, you're not going to see a ton of that. And if Zimmer can can have the right game plan there, maybe he can make life hard on, on Russell Wilson and company.
1: Let's take a break. Let's take a break. I see you getting ready to go with your third pick. Let's press Good. pause. Cool. We'll finish up the week three matchup draft when we wrap up this Thursday edition of PFT Live right after this. All right, there we are so far, the week three matchup draft. Round three is upon us, Chris, and the suspense. All right, I'm going to go like Josh
3: Allen versus the Washington front four, right? They've been disappointing so far this year, the front four from Washington. You know, last week against the Giants, got off to a good start, but man, as the game went on, they fizzled out. Like, if I had to self-scout thyself, the one thing that we dropped the ball on or I dropped the ball on with Washington is... They don't have enough depth on the D-line. They have to ask these guys to play too many snaps and they're non-existent in week 1 against the Chargers, you know, at the end of the game and the same thing last week against the Giants. And now you got Josh Allen who they can protect pretty good and he runs around like I yeah, show me something here in Washington front. We'll see, but that's certainly something I'm going to be watching
1: for uh, on Sunday. I'm going to sweep more broadly because this is something we're all watching for as it relates to the interactions between players on the field. So players versus players, the taunting rule. Mm. Will they adjust? Will they adapt? You know, I I, I, st- I still don't know why so many people want to see, as you said, so artfully yesterday, a guy waving <laughs> his junk in someone's face. Not that fortunately that happens on a, on a regular basis, but... Adjust your behavior. Yeah. Don't get in people's faces. Celebrate, just don't celebrate at the expense of an opponent. Treat each other with respect. Show good sportsmanship. This isn't some hot take. Every coach that's talked about it supports it. It's not that hard to do. It's up to the coaches to coach the players how to avoid those situations. We'll see if they're able to do it this week, Chris, because if they can't, it will continue to be a major topic of conversation. Yeah, I, I hope they can.
3: Again, I mean, we've just stated the reasons, and uh, all, no old-school football guy or most guys involved in the league, I, I don't think, really want to see it. So, you know, again, I know there's a few out there that, that think it's okay. I think it's not good for the game.
1: Yep, uh, I agree with you completely, and uh, it's still – a situation where celebration is allowed the no fund league is not dead this is just a very specific instance of interaction that they're trying to take out of the game and I don't Chris I just I don't I it astounds me that that people just either refuse or fail to understand it yeah no it does mean to I'm shocked by it
3: as well hey you know what I dropped the ball on the other day you know my aunt Wendy she turned 70 okay
1: and she loves you
3: So say happy birthday. She's
1: messed up, obviously. Happy birthday, Aunt Wendy. Right. And Chris is the one who said how old you are, not me. (laughs) Happy birthday.
0: See ya.